This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Networking can be a valuable way to find out about job opportunities or advance your career, but socializing with potential business associates associates doesn't always come easily to everyone. A new book titled Take the Work Out of Networking offers advice on how to create and build long-lasting connections that will also enhance your career. The author is Karen Wickery, a former communications executive with both Twitter and Google, who has worked in Silicon Valley for some 30 years. She is someone who describes herself as an introvert and says others like uh, her can use and embrace uh, your quiet side approach to those company mixers. Karen, great to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Dan. Happy to be here. Thank you. So from a, a, a larger perspective, why is it that in your mind that networking is just it's it's not a fun thing to do for some people? Apparently, for many people, um, people seem to even hate the word. I think it's because we think of it as a transactional uh, kind of thing that we have to do, and we have to do it because we need a new job, we, we want to find a different opportunity, we, you know, something has come up that makes us, puts a time pressure on us, and so therefore we think, I have to go out and network. And uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be that way is, is uh, the point of my book. But I think that's why people dislike it. They feel like it's kind of phony and transactional. So if they viewed it a little bit differently and they viewed it more of a, a relationship rather than a business entity, it might be more, uh, more accepting by a lot of people. Exactly. Exactly. There's a, I found a great uh, line from a guy named Ivan Meisner that I used in the book, which is, uh, think networking is less like hunting and more like farming, or you could substitute huh. gardening. But same idea, right? Hunting very transactional. Let's just say, uh, where farming or gardening are cyclical, ongoing. You're weeding, you're planting, you're watering, you're nurturing. Uh, that's the nature of of having really making connections that count in your network. And seemingly it becomes, I I think, a little bit more important right now because of the fact that you're seeing more turnover in companies, people, you know, not spending the 30 years at a company and getting the proverbial gold watch anymore. It's, it's, you know, three years, five years, seven years, whatever it might be. And then that person, many cases, is off to the next company. Exactly right. I mean, there's, there's never been more kind of job fluidity and I think on average now, and I don't know uh, what the age range of this of this statistic comes from, but it was something like an average tenure at a job is is in the four year range, as you suggest. So that the fact is, you can't just have one network for your one job that you're going to have for life, because as you say, those days are over. So you have to continue to you know make new connections, have people to reach out to when you have a new question, a new quest going on that you can that you can turn to and if you make a kind of daily habit of being in touch with people it's not so scary when you need to do it I mentioned at the top that you say that you are an introvert how has looking at this topic changed your mindset on networking even as and now as an author well you know um, it's interesting I, I am an introvert in that At the end of a busy day, I need to go home and regroup and have quiet time where, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, an extrovert says, you know, I want to go to dinner and then the after party. Uh, You know, like I can take it all in. 
and introverts tend to want to uh, need to just be quiet and think things through for a while. It doesn't mean we're not sociable. It doesn't mean we're shy. Uh, but but the result of that, I mean, I've been that way for my whole life. Right. But what has happened over time is um, people have said to me, how is it you know everybody? You You know who everybody is, and you have a big network. So as I started to think about that, and especially, of course, in relation to this book, I kind of broke down the processes. And frankly, I do a lot of connecting online. Sure, uh, if yeah. I had to, you know, fill my schedule with coffee dates and lunches, I, I would never make it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know a lot of people that could do that if you're if you're that yeah. busy with those meetings. But you, right. speaking of of the size of the network, you also talk about the the distinction between quantity and quality of a network. Yes, that's right. It, it's. It's never, for, for your own personal contacts, whether they're strong ties or weak ties, it's never like a follower count. Uh, you don't want to get into that. It's, it's really not the size of the network. It's, it's who you know that is, as, as we hope, helpful and thoughtful as you are. Is, is there a problem, do you think, at times with people of not recognizing that fact specifically, and it is, in their mindset, just a, a, a kind of a count issue that they want to get as many contacts as they can, whether they stay in touch with them as much as they probably should or not. I'm sure some do, you know, take pride in that and feel like in the old days, we would have said they have a big Rolodex, right? Um, I'm I'm sure there are some that are interested in that, but I wonder then uh, how genuine that network is uh, in the case of a crisis, God forbid. Yeah. You mentioned in the beginning of the book that there are some characteristics that you think introverts have that can really stand out in terms of of being good networkers. Yes, that's right. Um, And this is uh, non-scientific, but based on my own observations uh, over the years, I I do think these are are qualities that people who want to genuinely connect have, and I do believe introverts have. Uh, first, first and foremost is the ability to listen, being a good listener, and that is because uh, most introverts never want to go first in the conversation. Right. Uh, they want to wait and see what the other person has to say first, and then uh, you know, wade, in, wade into the water. So being a good listener, it's not just waiting for your turn, it is also taking in what the other person says and having some understanding of how they are and why they are uh, related to that is the power of observation of being able to observe you know behavior and style and in the manner that we that we do when we people watch um, that's a wonderful skill for for connecting so that you can correctly gauge or people is someone anxious or they you know open and friendly and and candid are they uh, you know worried you know any of those kind of characteristics and then the third is simply being curious. I've always been curious about other people. Why, why are they the way they are? Where, what got them to wherever they are in life? That kind of thing. So being curious means also, um, you know, the default should be yes. If somebody says, would you meet my friend who has a question for you? Or yeah. I want to put you two together because I think you'd like each other. You just say yes. It doesn't have to be yes today. It doesn't have to be uh, yes in person uh, on a deadline. But make it make it more a yes than a no. How much do you think that that part of it is either is I'm going to say enhanced because of the digital uh, nature of a lot of our communication these days? Oh, I think greatly enhanced. I, okay. I mean, none of us would know as many people 
uh, as as is possible online, right? I mean, we 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 have contacts with people around the country, around the world, uh, that that we would never be able to have it strictly in person. So, and the fact that you can communicate with someone and say, "Here's why I want you two to meet. Here's a little bit about your background and your background." Uh, and then, you know, off you go uh, on email or, or a call or video chat or whatever. We're talking with uh, Karen Wickery, who is the author of the book, Taking the Work Out of Networking, An Introvert's Guide to Making Connections That Count. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. You know, you, you uh, mentioned a second ago a, a version of the referral, which I think is a, an interesting component to networking because of the fact that in many cases there is at times that third party who plays the intermediary in in trying to solve an issue that may pop up that's right that's right and and uh you know the fact is no one of us has the whole answer that somebody needs whatever the question is if if it's an issue if it's a job opening it, it typically is pieced together by a few people which is the thing I actually like about this kind of connecting and, and networking is it, we're all kind of trying to problem solve, uh, you know, one thing or another, and you're piecing together the answer for yourself. But it's it's typically takes, you know, I will often say, you know, I'm not the right one. I don't have that expertise, but let me introduce you to so-and-so. They yeah. know more than I do. Here's something about them. And and then, uh, you know, you make the introduction. And a lot of times that third person gains something in the process as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really an ongoing chain. It really is like this gardening metaphor. You talk about no pressure networking, and I want to ask you what you think are kind of the the components of of having somebody feel like networking doesn't have pressure on it. Well, the the main thing is to sort of build build the muscle around staying, what I say is in loose touch with people, which is to say, People you don't necessarily know well or see often, the fact that we have these, our various social channels uh, plus email to, to stay in touch with, simply if they come to mind for some reason, their, their team wins or loses, and you want to just send a note saying, hey, great about last night, sorry about last night, how are you, let's catch up soon. That, that's a moment of staying in touch. And, you know, if you, if you do that with, I don't know, six or eight people a day who – uh, whose whose mental path you cross, uh, you're you're in loose touch. When it comes time to, uh, they may respond, they may not. But when then when it comes time to, hey, I have a follow up question for you, or right. when we have that catch up call, here, here's what I actually want to talk to you about. But I would imagine there's also probably from that perspective of having that loose touch. There's probably on the other side of of making sure that you're not doing it intentionally and maybe even doing it too much. Having the those contacts, correct? For sure, one thing is no broadcast, right? I mean, you're not you're not sending the same uh, "hope you're well" message to ten or twenty people at a time. Right. It's one to one for sure. Right. Uh, but it's not every day to the same person either. It, it depends on uh, this. This maybe goes to being curious. You know, if you're if you remember that uh, you know one of your uh, you know former uh, colleagues is a big sports fan and that team did something, then. That's the one to reach out to for that. It's not everybody that you know who might be a fan of that team. <laughs> right. It's because you thought of that person. 
Karen Rickery is the author of the book, Taking the Work Out of Networking, an Introvert's Guide to Making Connections That Count. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. You know, we are in the in the holiday season, and, and obviously a lot of people will be going to different parties and such, and the small talk does come up uh, quite often. How do people kind of manage that, but also keeping it within the business setting as well. Right. Oh, this is this is a big question for this time of year. So, a couple things. One is you're not networking is not really the thing you're doing at a at a holiday party that's work related. If it's your office or somebody else's office, it's less. It's more honestly a, a political moment, as it were. You know, yeah. you it's important to see and be seen by the people that count at, at, at your own company party, obviously, uh, so that uh, you've been recorded as being present. Uh, but, you know, if, if it's not, if it's if it's too big, uh, there, you, there's really not much you can do except have a little small talk as you kind of make the circuit. So my advice over the years as, as the company parties I've been to have gotten bigger and bigger, where you're lucky to see people you know, um, you know, you kind of have a have a drink in hand. Uh, you're you're making eye contact with the crowd, no phones, and you're kind of circulating uh, loosely and stop and chat every so often. But you know, I've I've done it where I give myself an hour or an hour and a half tops to sort of make a round, see a few people, say hello, uh, make sure I'm seen by the the CEO, right. and and then I leave. Because, you know, I know the rest of it is just going to be probably too much liquor and not enough food because they often run out. And, uh, you know, it is it is a work obligation at the end of the day. As you were going through this and, and learning more about about your ideas around networking, how much was it about to a degree just kind of putting yourself out there and, and, and taking that step? You know, I, uh, I that's a very good question. For me, um, I think it, within my comfort zone, I have put myself out there. So when I'm in familiar settings where I know a few people, but but even when I'm at, say, a conference where I really don't know anybody, I sort of made note of the fact that, you know, standing at the coffee bar, waiting in line, waiting for the keynote, you can have a, a moment of, you know, uh, chat with somebody and say, oh, you know, oh, you work at so-and-so company. May I follow up with you? Could I have your card? I have a question to ask. You're not doing all your business there. You're just, you know, getting the contact to say, I would like to, you know, pursue this away from today, away from the conference. So that's a, that's a, an easy way to go about it. And that's that's kind of how I've done it. You spend a little time in the book talking about LinkedIn. And obviously that is become a, a, a very important component for a lot of business people over the last decade or so. And, it, and it's really become, I, I think, a, a go-to for a lot of companies that are looking for employees, but also making connections with one another. Uh, Absolutely. But but there there's probably some do's and don'ts in terms of, of using LinkedIn and making those connections that you have to be wary of. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it has become kind of a default lookup engine, right, for people. And I would, I would say, people I know in long-term jobs say, "Oh, you know, I haven't, I don't do anything with my LinkedIn." 
Um, that may be fine, but it's not only recruiters who are looking. It's also people looking for speakers and panelists, people who are looking for board members uh, for all kinds of things, or, or spokespeople if they're reporters. So it is good to keep it up, I think, at least quarterly. Um, and, and, you know, there's a big preponderance of people who do want to connect, and I would say only if you're one of those who sends out those uh, I'd like to join your network, I think is the canned language on LinkedIn. Yeah. Please please add your own <laughs> explanation and not just their canned language because it, it's it's kind of an invitation to ignore if you don't explain why you want to connect with that person. What's the question? What's the interesting thing you want to yeah. you want to share? It's the business version of on Facebook just sending the happy birthday message to a friend and not following it up with something to add on to it. Yeah, you know, when I see the Facebook uh, the Facebook birthday messages, I'll send email to that person and say I just couldn't pile on on Facebook, but right. I do want to wish you a happy birthday. We're joined by uh, Karen Wickery, who is the author of the book, Taking the Work Out of Networking, an Introvert's Guide to Making Connections That Count. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to join in. So LinkedIn being one thing, but how do you compare – the, the connection and the conversation that you can have or need to have on LinkedIn in comparison to, let's just say, Facebook, because of the fact that now companies are more and more interested in looking at people's Facebook pages to see who they are, the type of person that they are, and in part as a factor of, of whether or not they're going to hire somebody. No, it's true. I, I think recruiters that look at every social channel uh, or, or many of the of the popular ones uh, when they're considering candidates. No question about it. I mean, I'd say you know, Facebook wasn't designed. Uh, it was designed much more for uh, personal and one-to-one connections. Obviously, it's outgrown those bounds. But I I say in the book, in terms of making connections with people you don't know. Facebook is not ideal for that, except maybe in the in the groups, right? In private groups, there's even secret groups. There, there may be a fair place, but in, but from the rec- the candidate's point of view, or the recruiter's point of view, I would say uh, LinkedIn is you know the best place to put a business polish on everything, a professional polish. Uh, Twitter, if you use it, uh, you know, same thing. Um, is is possible, and people do have, for example, two Twitter accounts if they want to have fun on one and you know more work stuff on the other. Yeah, I, I think you can blend them. It just takes judgment, right, to figure out uh, what is the, my discoverable face to the world. What is it that uh, you know I want people to be able to find? Yeah, and, and I unfortunately I'm I'm kind of in in that world in the world of Twitter in the fact that with my account I use it obviously in promoting the show. But yeah. I, I have no problem, you know, the fact that I'm a Philly sports fan and, you know, to make a comment about something that happened in a game that I saw. So I kind of mixed the two. So but I don't think that's a that's necessarily a bad thing because of the industry that I'm in. But it, it's not at all a bad thing. In fact, I have a chapter called Mixing the Personal and Professional, because, frankly, we're all doing it to some degree now. Most all of us, uh, you know, we're used to the fact that there are. You know, Jake Tapper has a Twitter account for his dog, Winston. Yeah. And if, yeah. I, if we ever met Jake, we'd say, how's Winston? Because that's out there, right? And we and we know that. So there is uh, – there is. we're more used to 
sharing some more in public. At, and and I think, frankly, it makes us more interesting as people. You know, in the old days, you'd have at the bottom of the resume, uh, you know, also likes, you know, skiing, hiking, and surfing, right? That would be the line on the resume that would show I have other interests. Well, now we have uh, a lot more ways to show that we have other interests. Uh, and I, I think it's it's more dimensional. Again, it's just you have to control and decide what it is you want to say about yourself. But I think being a Phillies or you know Philadelphia sports fan is a okay. Well, and you talk uh, towards the end of the book about the follow up after uh, after a network uh, event or a, you know connection that you've made. What are some of the things that you think are are an important part of the follow up part of this? If for someone you've just met, yes, you're saying yeah. I, I would say. Um, you know, to remind if it's if it was a fleeting introduction, to remind them how you met, yeah. uh, what you're interested in, what your question is, at their convenience, always at their convenience. Do they have time for a call or a follow-up email to you know say a little more about whatever the thing is, or if they're local, you know, could you meet for coffee? Um, that that's to me the the best kind of follow-up. Give the other person context. If they don't answer, and I do get this question, sometimes people don't answer, I generally will give kind of one more try. Um, but I always say in that initial note, you know, if you're not the right one uh, for this or if you think someone else, you know, could help me instead, please introduce me. That's okay too, right? right. Don't, don't put all the pressure on this one person. And then you hope for the best. Karen, great to talk to you. Thank you Thank very you much again. for your time, and congratulations with the book and all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Karen Wickery, the uh, book is Taking the Work Out of Networking, an Introvert's Guide to Making Connections That Count. Uh, it is available in bookstores and online right now. Many thanks to Karen for giving us some of her time today. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.